Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined every Friday by my main man, Derek Bell. Find us on YouTube.com slash All Steelers Talk or subscribe anywhere you get your podcast. Today, we are diving back into training camp. Steelers are quickly approaching their first preseason game. It's been one hell of a week. Feels like a year, but it's only been eight days of practice so far, seven days of practice so far. They are headed to Friday Night Lights tonight. If you guys are your way there, make sure you get there early because from what I hear, what everybody knows, traffic is not something you're going to want to sit in. It's a beautiful day here in the Berg. I'm sure it's the same in good old Louisville, Kentucky. How you feeling, my friend? Feeling good, man. Yeah. Thank God it's Friday. I don't know. This has been the longest week for me personally anyway, but I know yesterday just waking up knowing that there was football on my TV, like even if it's preseason, you know, quote unquote fake football, um, it just gave me a little bit of a boost of adrenaline that I really needed. And even like watching the game last night, the little bit that I was able to catch, I was really just excited about, you know, man, we're going to be able to watch football again, like not practices in shorts, but actual real football. And I'm excited about that, man. I'm counting down. You know, we got a week until the Steelers' first preseason game. So we're getting close, brother. We're getting close. Dude, we are so close. I, I, It was weird. Like, I forgot until I got home last night. And and I was, like, reminded. Like, it's not like, you know, I hang out with the guys who write about football all day. It's obviously the hottest topic of conversation. On the drive home, totally left my mind. I got home, sat down, turned the TV on. And it was right there. And I was like, I think I gasped. I was like, oh, oh my gosh, football. It was uh. It was good. Shout out to uh, good old Izzy Abanacanda for uh, scoring a touchdown last night. I was pretty hyped to yeah. see the pick guy get in there, no doubt. We are a week away from the Steelers training camp. I know that you have not been at the facility just yet, but what have you heard? What's stood out to you so far? I, I guess I haven't talked to you in a week. So what have you been, what have you been keeping your eye on? Yeah, just like seeing all the different reports from like you guys and everybody else, just trying to get a vibe for, you know, all the different things going on there. Um, Some of the things I think I'm most encouraged about is, you know, I've heard really good things about Alex Hasmith. I know you you made a video on that um, in the last couple of days where pretty much Alex Hasmith looks like the best player on the team right now, uh, regardless offensive or defense. And I think when you look at that um, on a team with so many other really top tier players. I think that that's really exciting because I think that the Steelers paid Highsmith. 
a contract that indicates, you know, they they're optimistic about him being able to take his game to an, another level. And if that's happening, man, this defense, the potential, the ceiling uh, only skyrockets. So I think that, and then obviously the, the big matchup between um, Joey Porter Jr. and George Pickens, like just seeing those videos every day, uh, waking up to a different Joey Porter Jr. and George Pickens uh, rep in camp has been has been pretty intriguing to me. You know, I feel like both guys have um, done some good things and, you know, flashed. And I think that that's just a matchup that's going to make, uh, you know, kind of both of those guys better, just kind of a good on good type of just honing their craft and um, I think that that's going to pay dividends, man, like later, in, even later in this season, just having that experience and those guys just continually, you know, get better. No, 100 percent. So with Alex Highsmith does very much so easy hands down, looks like the best player on the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. It's wild, actually. And, you know, I want to I want to say something because I know that Darnell, I made a big deal out of the Darnell Washington beating TJ Watt thing, um, you know. TJ's reaction when he asked if he gave Darnell 100% kind of makes me think maybe he didn't give Darnell 100%, but still, like, Alex Highsmith smoked that kid, and I think that was good to see that, like, you know, he's just that dominant. He looks ridiculous. Like, he he looks big. It was like when, you know, when TJ came and he sat, he held in for that one summer, and all we could talk about because we couldn't see him on the field was just like, TJ Watt looks like the scariest human being of all time right now. Alex kind of looks like his body made a bit of that transformation. Like he just looks leaner. He looks bigger. He just looks like he's like fully formed in the NFL, which I think is awesome. The George Pickens, Joey Porter Jr. thing is just so great because George Pickens is a trash talker. Joey Porter Jr. is a trash talker. They never stop chirping. Joey never stops chirping at all. And I mean, neither does George, but we already knew that to watch them go head to head is awesome. And then yesterday, Joey comes up with the interceptions during the two-minute drill and and a moss. Like, he totally mossed Keem Butler in, I think it was two-on-two drills. That was so overlooked. Shouldn't have been. It was When you're 6'7", you shouldn't be getting mossed. He got mossed. Um, Mike Tomlin looks at George Pickens and goes, George, Joey won the day. And George is like, well, that wasn't on me. It doesn't matter. He won the day. And <laughs> I think that that, you know, to have yeah, that competition. Cool training camp rivalry yeah just it's just awesome yeah it's a cool little interaction right there you know Tomlin trying to make sure he's pressing the right buttons for both guys you know um everybody's so competitive man but like I think that's one thing that we don't talk about enough with some of these elite tier athletes it's just that elite elite competitive drive and I think that just those one-on-one matchups um you know with tempers kind of flaring and everybody going like 110 percent trying to win every rep and I think just for Joey Porter Jr. man Given him experience against, you know, some really good receivers um, that are kind of different archetypes, you know, getting him matched up against Deontay Johnson, getting him matched up against George Pickens, two completely different skill sets um, is only going to really accelerate his development. And really, you know, that's going to be the benefit of the Steelers, you know, this year and moving forward. So. No, I agree. I agree. And uh, I, I agree with you 100 percent on the the uh, competitive attitude thing. I talked to Mike Tomlin at the beginning of training camp. And he was laughing because I asked, I was like, yo, like, you know, I saw Kenny was pretty good at uh, go-karts. And he's like, dude, Kenny's good at everything. He's like, that's the thing. Quarterbacks are just, they're just good at everything. They can hit home yep. runs. They can ride go-karts. They can play paintball. It doesn't matter. They're just good at everything. That is like, that is the competitive nature of just being an NFL player. 100%. I do want to dive into the Friday night lights and we'll start here. Is there any broadcast tonight for the under, under the lights practice? Um, we will not be going live tonight after the practice. It doesn't end till about nine, 10 o'clock at night. 
you know, I got an hour and a half drive home afterwards. It's more of a we'll wait till Saturday type of situation. Friday's practice should be a good one for everybody there. I'm sure there'll be plenty of highlights. The Steelers always broadcast everything leading up to team drills, so you can pay attention to that, and then you'll get full reports afterwards from everybody, including ourselves over at All Steelers. Talk about what went down during team drills and so on and so forth. When you go into tonight, you look at we're a week into training camp. There's plenty of injuries, plenty of new guys stepping up. I mean, Kenny Robinson's a big name that I think is caught fire and I'm very much so enjoying a little trash talk from that kid in the safety position. Who are you looking for? Who are you looking to have a big night? Who are you looking to kind of show out under the lights in front of possibly the biggest crowd that we'll see in the, in the three weeks here at the trope? Yeah, I think you kind of let it off there with a really intriguing name, Kenny Robinson. Um, not just him, but, you know, Trey Norwood, some of these other guys that um, are getting the chance to play a little bit more with the safety room being so banged up. You know, Keanu Neal um, hasn't practiced in the last like day or two. I know KZ still yeah. working his way back and we haven't seen Mika Fitzpatrick yet uh, due to some off the field stuff. So, um, you know, that playing time man, getting the opportunity to run with the ones is going to be a huge, huge um kind of opportunity for those guys um and you know what better way to introduce yourself to the fan base than you know playing well and having a really strong practice like in front of all those fans um at the high school stadium friday night lights so um those are interesting players um i'm still really intrigued man just by getting to see um you know not just broderick jones but you know the tackles go up against these edge rushers i just think it's one of those situations where you have you know good really really strong position group in the edge rushers and you've got some young tackles you know Broderick Jones, Dan Moore Jr., even Chooks Corfor is more of a veteran. Um seeing how those battles kind of play out in you know padded practice I'm, I'm really intrigued by that. So um some other guys that I want to see like more from, you know, I, I think we still want to get more information on Quan Alexander. I know DeMarvin Leal's yes. been kind of in and out of practice over the first like week or so. I would ideally really like to see something from him. He was a guy that I think really needs to have a big summer. And I don't, I'm not sure that the, it doesn't seem like that's happened just yet, but he's a guy who I'm kind of have a star next to his name as we head into the preseason games. Yeah. So uh, the offensive linemen are huge for me. Very excited to see that. Cause it's been limited. You know, it's been a lot of, they've gone pra- pads two days and the first day yeah, is a lot of focus on that. That's what I'm saying. The first day you're focused on backs on backers. You're not focused on anything else. And, you know, RIP to John Lovett. But did you hear about that one? Did you hear about John Lovett? Did you? You I, haven't I, seen I, anything, have you? I didn't see the video, but I, I have heard it from multiple accounts. Yeah. Dude, let me tell you. Well, I was standing there first, first class right on that ticket way off of earth. So let me tell you, it was unbelievable like i and then he didn't show up for practice the other or the day after and i was genuinely concerned i was like oh my gosh something happened to john lovett man i don't know what it is it was bad oh, man God. it was and mark mike did it to him because alandon roberts you know like varsity action right off the jump see what we got in the new guy who was there for like four and a half hours so welcome to the nfl welcome to the pittsburgh steelers but no he stands back up and mike goes all right 33 stay in there mark rob and everybody just looks at each other like, well, he's going to die. This is the end of John Lovett. And then it happens again. Yeah. It trial was, uh, by fire, you know? No, I, dude, it was I, think so bad. I think that's funny, though. That, that does lead to kind of another thing that I'm interested in. I've just been doing some work on, you know, I went back and did some film work this week on some some Steelers newcomers in the front seven and just some of the th- different things that they can do. And Landon Roberts, man, like I just keep going back to that point that I would really like to see them blitz a little bit more from like the inside linebacker position this year. 
And oh, I just yeah. think that when you look at the things that Roberts can do, um, you know, Miami did some creative stuff with him up front from time to time. And he's a pretty good blitzer. And I think you might see maybe a little bit of that return of maybe like the Vince Williams role where they're able to get a little bit more pressure up the middle, um, you know, it, when he's in the game. Uh, of course, I yeah, think that yeah, it yeah. might be a little bit of a rotation between, you know, him, Alexander, uh, maybe even Mark Robinson. We'll see. But I do think that that's kind of um, – it, it's intriguing nonetheless. Backstone Backers is an awesome drill. It's, uh, it's, Dude, it's the best prom, drill. Prom time it is, TV. It is the best drill, hands down. But Landon Roberts has, I think, when he's gotten his opportunities, it looked like what we expect Landon Roberts to look like. Quan Alexander looks like a freak out there. Like, freak. But it's two days, you know, so hold, I'm trying to hold, reserve judgment, but at the same time, freak. Absolute. He's the fastest guy in the field. Is I, There's a lot of reports coming out, like, Oh, Quan Alexander doesn't have the best instincts. He kind of hits the wrong gap sometimes. I haven't seen that one time. I'm sure that changes once the once games happen, but for right now, man, he looks good. He looks very, very good. Uh, sticking with the offensive lineman, though, I am very intrigued about that. I, If we're being honest, I think that the further we get into this, the more we're going to see Dan Moore and these guys kind of like switch positions just to get used to everywhere else. I want to see some Dan Moore at right tackle because I think he struggled there a little bit so far whenever he has taken reps there. But we know that that's, you know, one of the most difficult things you could ask of a player, especially an offensive lineman, is to switch sides like that. It's literally like walking backwards. Um, but I would like to see that growth come with Friday Night Lights. And I don't I'm sure everybody's going to practice, but I do think that they'll switch up the offensive line a little bit. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I also want to see Broderick Jones impress me. Like, he hasn't he hasn't had a bad play yet, which I think is what stands out. But he hasn't really had, like, a like a great play you know like there hasn't mm-hmm. been a moment where you're like oh damn broderick jones like you know there hasn't been any any of that any of that i would like to see that and then obviously dude kenny robinson man that guy has come up with interceptions he's come out of nowhere he's jumped everybody even before keanu neal was out he was the guy taking first team reps in place of kz over trey norwood and miles killebrew and i think that you know i think that speaks a little bit of volumes um i do want to ask this you know before we kind of keep going into this you wrote a piece the other day about the importance of Dan Moore Jr.'s future at the right tackle position. You really feel, you know, because in my head that sparked a conversation of maybe that's a good idea for the Steelers is to develop Dan Moore, see where he goes and see if he could play right tackle, and then maybe you have an option next season with Chooks and Dan. Yeah, I just think in general, you know, when we talk about, um, you know, development for the young guys, it feels like 
he's kind of left out of that conversation, right? We've talked about the year yeah. two, year three leaps for like basically everyone else except him. Um, and I think that the common thought process there is, you know, Broderick Jones, they traded up for that guy. He's going to be the left tackle of the future. But I still think Dan Moore Jr.'s um, development matters more than probably we're kind of leading on um, for several reasons. You know, Broderick Jones, we don't really necessarily know if he's going to be ready week one. We know he's going to be the yeah. starter sooner rather than later. Um, but you know, that the injury aspect, the Steelers aren't going to get lucky again and have all five of their offensive linemen start every single game like they had last year. Um, that's kind of a lightning doesn't strike twice in the same spot type yeah. of, uh, situation. And then just in general, you know, you look at Chooks. Um, I think that Chooks is a baseline starting tackle. Um, but Chooks has a 13 million and $11 million cap hit over the next two seasons. You know, I don't personally believe this is just my opinion, that the gap between a core four and more is that vast. And I think if mm-hmm. they'll, if things are that close and with Dan Moore only being 24 years old, you know, if he takes a, a nice step forward, um, he could give you a little bit of a cheaper alternative, right? Because one of the things I was kind of like looking at, I was looking at where the Steelers were in cash spending this year. Uh, they're about middle of the pack. And then I was looking at kind of their financial situation in the years to come. Um you know, the Steelers are one of seven or eight teams already over the projected salary cap for next year. So like some yeah, of these, uh, yeah, some of these younger guys, they've had to give out some really big deals. You think about TJ Watt, Mika Fitzpatrick, Alex Hasmith, all things that they like, we agree that they should have done. But when those things happen, you have to kind of start to think about where you can kind of win the margins is kind of yes. how I would phrase it. And I think that one of the ways to do that is like, okay, if we've got a little bit of a younger player right here, could he give you similar production than some of your veterans and be, maybe be able to cut a little bit of that cost off? Um, so, you know, I, th- I think it matters maybe more than we're leading on. Um, you know, it's a good swing tackle or somebody that has two years of starting experience, that's not something that every single NFL team has, right? Like most NFL yeah. teams probably don't even feel great about both of their starting tackles. And I'm, I think we all agree that at, at this point, Dan Moore Jr. is not anything more than, you know, a top tier backup or very, very baseline starter. But, you know, we'll see what he looks like, man. I, I'm interested to see how he holds his own in preseason. And I do agree. They need to give him plenty of reps at right tackle. Oh, yeah, they definitely do. And I think that that development will come. I agree with you 100 percent. Like I look at it and just say the Raven Clark isn't the answer, but. Dude, imagine how good the Steelers offensive line could be this season if Broderick Jones does prove that he is a starting left tackle and at the same time, Dan Moore could be that because they utilize the swing tackle like more than a lot of teams in the NFL, I'd imagine. And to be able to to have that option, I think would be huge. I think that would be something that maybe is overlooked because a lot of people just say, ah, Dan Moore is not a starter. Yeah, but, you know, having a quality backup is huge. I mean, that's why Nate Herbig's here. That's why Kevin Dotson's still around, you know, to have those guys and to have those backup plans, especially at the offensive line. You need those, man. You lose an offensive lineman, it is way more detrimental to your football team than you have any idea. I I just keep going back, man, like, the, the best example I could find from last year is like, go look at the Tennessee Titans from last year. Yes. How much yes. of a train wreck they were up front. And, and you know, some of those injuries started kicking in. And, you know, if you really look around the league, man, I mentioned that there's a lot of teams out there that probably don't feel, you know, overly optimistic about their tackle situation for their starters. Go ask offensive line coaches how they feel about their backups. There's just, we yes. talk about this every year in the summer, but there's just not a just plethora of quality backup offensive line. That that's a no. Look at the a, Steelers the past couple of years. Yeah, that's like something got that John every team was their guy last year. Yeah. yeah, so it's 
I just think it's worth keeping an eye on um, in general. And he's just 24 years old, man. Like I think 24 years old, having two um, two seasons under his belt starting, you know, I, I just, I feel like almost, and maybe this is just me kind of being a little overdramatic, but I almost feel like people are like lumping him in with Kendrick Green where they're just like, no, all right, let's throw yeah. him to the side. Like, dude, like no. him being a fourth round rookie who, you know, at least last year showed a little bit of flash, even though I still think that the ceiling isn't overly high with Dan Moore, just because I think that there are things that are in his game that are problematic, um, like his inability to kind of anchor or recover. Those aren't really up to starter level traits for me. But I think in general, like I want to see what he could do. I want to see how much better he got over the summer. Um, and then I just think that, like I said, I think that this is, could be a potential opportunity for them to win the margins um, moving yeah. forward. So, No, I 100% agree. What do you think about, did you see Kevin Dotson and Kendrick Green being named uh, possible trade targets for the Saints to replace former Steeler offensive Trey guard Turner. Trey Turner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't see that, but I, I do think that because it sounds like um, – Nick, uh, Nate Herbig is going to be the top backup interior offensive yeah. lineman at all three spots, which I think that we kind of already knew that going in, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And let me tell you, Nate Herbig, I talked to him for the first time, the nicest human being of all time. Like, yeah, just like, you know, the big smile and like looks like a jolly belly, you know, he is a hundred percent true. Like one also him, he told me or Keanu Benton told me that him, Keanu and Nick actually trained together all off season. So they've like. They've been brothers for a long time, which I think is, you know, cool That's for Steelers cool. fans to know, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely cool. Um, So, yeah, I think that what I just talked about, you know, NFL teams, they're really searching for quality offensive linemen. And you can kind of say the same thing about Kevin Dotson, right? You know, Dotson maybe yeah. has had a little bit more of high-level flashes than a guy like Dan Moore has, uh, but also probably just as many or worse kind of lows just because he's a little bit of a roller coaster, not just on a game-to-game or week-to-week basis, but heck on a snap to snap basis. So I've said this a couple of times on the podcast, like we've talked about it, but um, I do think that the Steelers will at least get calls about Kevin Dotson. If he's the fourth guy in kind of that rotation, you know, you got your three starters. Herbig is your, your backup. So I guess your fifth offensive line, interior offensive lineman, I think they'll get calls on him. I don't think it'll be anything crazy, you know, is a fifth round pick or a, a fifth round pick and you send a seven, some type of day three pick swap. Is that enough to move him? If you feel really confident that he's a good depth piece? I don't know. I think that that's an interesting conversation. Um, You know, maybe a team, I keep going back to uh, the Rams. They were another team last year that got absolutely obliterated uh, by health injuries and things like that. They're relying on a lot of young players up front. So could they maybe throw the Steelers something, um, an, an offer that they couldn't refuse? I don't really know the answer to that. I do think that, you know, Dotson's not a guy that I would personally just flat out cut. Like, I, no, I think no, a, you a, no, gosh, yeah, no. I don't think that that's what I would do just because, again, the experience and, you know, some of the flashes, I think Dotson um, is at least a, a good backup or, you know, kind of developmental player. But we'll yeah, see what you got to keep. I don't know. I don't know if anyone's trading Dotson. anything for Kendra Green, though. No, I no, Kendra Green. He was number two on that list, actually. He was right off the Kevin Dotson, Kendra that's Green. And I went, ah, oh, okay. If that's what you're looking for, you know, whatever. You haven't watched much Kendrick Green tape. I get it. It's all good. Um, but no, Kevin, Dot- you're not getting rid of Kevin Dotson unless it's valuable, you know, because he is a quality backup. And just like it's just like Mason Rudolph last year. You could have gotten ma- rid of Mason Rudolph probably twice. And that's before the season and at the deadline. And both times they probably didn't get a call that was good enough. And they said, eh, why would we get rid of him? You know, worst case scenario, Mason Rudolph's our starting quarterback. It could be way worse than that. Like it could be way, way worse than that. Um, 
same with, same with Kevin Dotson, you know, and I, I think actually like that situation might be better than the Mason Rudolph situation just because he has the starting experience and he has shown those those flashes. Um, do we think that Gunnar Olszewski will make the roster this season? Um, I'm going to say this. Gunnar has looked like a veteran and has reliable hands at times throughout training camp. He's been a little boring. He hasn't taken many punt returns. And Jordan Bird and Calvin Austin are taking a lot of punt returns. And in my head, that kind of signals maybe they are slowly giving up on Gunnar. Like, why else would you keep him? Why else would you keep Gunnar Olszewski if he's not in line for a punt return job? Yeah, I don't. I personally don't think that that's going to happen. Like, I don't think he has a path to the roster if he's not going to contribute on special teams. You know, because it's not like he's going to be, you know, running down kicks or anything like that, or at least I I don't think that he is. Um, We'll see how the preseason snaps and stuff like that shake out. But, you know, if Calvin is the returner, you know, the primary punt returner, and then he's also returning kicks, I don't think there's a need to keep in a guy like Gunner. You know, and I I think that even... Yeah, and and I think that two just talks about the distribution of labor at receiver you know the top three guys are pretty much set in stone we pretty much know that calvin austin is going to make this roster as well provided you know he's actually healthy and uh you know yeah. so far so good on that on that end so really you know what are those last that last spot that fifth receiver spot that sixth receiver spot what what is that gonna what's that gonna look like what kind of skill set are they gonna bring and if you're gonna be the fifth or sixth wide receiver even the fourth receiver if you don't contribute in some manner on special teams it's gonna be hard for you to get a helmet right because you yes. know the team's gonna opt to dress an extra linebacker to go cover kicks or something like that so um yeah I, I don't feel great about gunner but I mean you know I, I, I have heard that he's been extremely involved on offense and making a ton of catches um you know when, when I don't know about extremely but he yeah he he's made I catches. saw someone tweet he's out I saw involved. someone tweet out saying that like he has the most catches of any like Steeler in team period I don't know who I saw that from but that was just floated on my timeline whether that's real or not I, I haven't know, yeah I don't know I haven't been that uh I the notebook is more what I'm seeing and not you know tracking the stats was last year with the quarterback passes I'm I'm good. I'm good. A couple that, of punts. Yeah. Couple that of punt, uh, hang, yeah. Yeah. A couple of punt hang times, I guess. But besides that, I'm not tracking catches. Not, uh, but that's, that's really not just point. for like personal enjoyment. I mean, you're just, you're just a big punter guy. You, you need Dude, a huge punter guy, man. There's nothing like a good punter battle. Nothing like a good punter battle. And Presley always shows up in a good punter battle. Um, but I do, I agree with you. And I think that guys like names like Cody white, who are kind of filling in that first team out of nowhere, um, guys like Miles Boykin, Miles Boykin, I mean, according to Deontay Johnson, had 30 catches the other day. So I'm pretty sure that's not true, but it, it was a lot of catches. Um, but it, as those guys kind of emerge, it's tougher to see Gunner make the roster. But I do, do think he's more replaceable than than most of these guys. Um, anybody else that you're looking for at Friday Night Lights tonight outside of the offensive lineman and a couple of big banged up safeties? Oh, Quan Alexander, you said. Um Let's let's talk about the inside linebackers real quick. You have Cole Holcomb, Landon Roberts, and Quan Alexander. You kind of look at that group and say that Mark Robinson, maybe the hype was a little too much in the offseason. We shouldn't should somewhat lower expectations. Well, I, th- I think the Steelers kind of told us, right, like very flat out. You know, I think that someone asked it yeah. from the media session was about asking about the hype around Mark Robinson. They were like, uh, well, we, we don't know. We don't know yet. You know, so. I oh, yeah, I missed that one. 
<laughs> I'm pretty sure I remember it was like a couple of weeks ago and someone asked about him taking a big step in year two or something like that. And I'm pretty sure that I think it was Terrell Austin or, or I don't know, maybe it wasn't, but someone was basically like, I don't know. We'll see what happens. He's got, he's got a little bit of ways to go. So I think, I don't want to say that. I mean, he's a seventh round rookie, right? So, I mean, yeah. there it's not, or well, second year player now, but second year it's, yeah. it's not like he was going to, probably be leaned on as a starter now if he he earned himself some playing time then that was obviously a good development but I think the Steelers have kind of hedged their bets a little bit at the inside linebacker position you know they've got Roberts on a two-year deal they bring in Quan Alexander they've got a rookie in Robinson I think they're just betting on like okay we can mix and match the skill sets on different down and distance and we'll be good enough we're not going to be great this is not going to be a strong point of our defense but we'll be good enough and it'll be an improvement over what we've seen here on this defense the last couple of years. And that's good enough for yeah. us considering the amount of investments that we've got. Yeah. I, I look at it the same way. I just think it's just like, all right, something's got to click. None of these guys are making a ton of money. It is what it is. Most of them are on one year deals. We'll see what works. And that's, that's really like, I think they're just tired of it. I think they're like, all right, last year we banked on the guys that we had. And then we brought in miles Jack this year. It's like something will work. We don't know who it's going to be. We don't know how it's going to happen, but something will work at inside linebacker and we're done messing around with it. Um, so I agree. I do very much so agree with that one. All right. Next thing I want to talk about here. Kenny Pickett has been named that you tossed out yesterday in a tweet and I saw it caught my eye a little bit. And I think you're pretty spot on. Reports have been a little even keel on this guy. Nobody's saying he's playing bad. Nobody's really saying he's playing good. He's just he's just kind of there. He's just being Kenny Pickett, you know, throwing good passes, throwing some underneath or some long balls that are a little short, you know, threw an interception in two minute drill. But I will say that that was he, he would have been sacked not once, but twice. And he was over the line of scrimmage. And I mean, there was everything. And he was throwing to Cody White. Everything was against this guy making a good play in that two minute drill. You look at a pretty even training camp so far through, I believe, seven, eight days for Kenny Pickett. What are your, is that concern you? You got, you know, any thoughts on that at all? Or is that just something that's going on? Yeah, I tried to follow up this tweet because I didn't want to set off the alarms or anything like that. But I just think in general, there's only so much that you can learn from quarterback play in settings like this. A, in shorts, or B, when you're not threatened by defensive contact. I mean, I just... I think that maybe these type of training camp uh, practices and stuff are more, you know, you could probably take more away if like you are looking at a quarterback's mechanics or you're worried about his decision making or just his overall grasp of the offense or things like that. Those aren't really huge concerns that we have about Kenny Pickett. I thought that he was a fine decision maker last year as a rookie, which isn't always the case with young quarterbacks. Um, I don't think there are big like mechanical over adjustments that we're really trying to make with him. I think that really the thing with Kenny is, you know, how is he going to manage the pocket? Like that was something probably the biggest thing when I wrote the article on biggest things that uh, the rookies needed to improve on in year two. I talked about like pocket management, you know, not bailing the pocket prematurely, being able to step up and hang hang in the pocket a little bit better um, instead of always bailing out kind of prematurely. So how are you going to improve on that or show any type of growth when you're not even allowed to get hit? And like, if you yeah. just look around, I just think in general, you just look around, not just Steelers practices, but all these different training camp videos that you see on Twitter and social media. Um, you know, the quarterbacks back there, they're, you know, they're in shotgun and they get to their third step and it's like, all right, Pat, Pat, Pat. And it's, yeah. that's not how the NFL is. Like when, when there's a lot of bullets flying, you don't have the time to sit there and, you know, pat the ball three, four times, just kind of hang out in the pocket. 
there's just, like I said, I don't think that it's necessarily a good or a bad thing. You know, sometimes quarterbacks do have good or bad, I guess, training camps. But for me, I just think we'll learn more about the about Kenny Pickett's progress in the five or six drives that he plays in the preseason than we will in 20 training camp practices. And I, that's just my opinion. Um, I'm sure that other people may feel differently, but I just don't put a ton of stock one way or another. So I don't think I just I just think it's I do think it's interesting that pretty much all of the people that I know and trust that are there every day have been kind of saying like, yeah, like he's, he's had some like better days, some worse days, but like overall it's been pretty just kind of even killed. So. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And I think that's the biggest thing, especially with Kenny Pickett, like Kenny Pickett is not a practice quarterback. He's never been a practice quarterback. He doesn't have the unreal arm strength or, you know, he's not going to launch a ball 70 yards perfectly into George Pickens arms or whatever. But what he will do is, He'll go out there and he'll make some plays on the dime and he'll make some moves that you didn't see coming and he'll do things that shock you when, like you said, the bolts are flying. I think that that's when Kenny Pickett becomes Kenny Pickett. I think right now it's just about it's more. I think right now it's more about him having a complete understanding of where his wide receivers will be and developing more chemistry with these guys. Absolutely. as they go into year two you know i don't think it's anything about I, there's no part of me that wants to like judge jenny or kenny pickett excuse me and say this guy's having a good practice or this guy's having a ba- bad practice i honestly almost keep my eyes off of him and just say you know let's watch everything else because there's so many other things that you could judge right now you know you could judge who's open you could judge whether or not the corners could stay with these guys you could judge if an inside linebacker is struggling you could judge you know, how Kenny Robinson's playing or who's dropping footballs. You you really, it's like judging Najee Harris right now. You're just looking and at it going, what is that? It was a three yard run, but he just took it to the end zone. So I have no and idea. And I just think, going. I just think in general for quarterbacks, right? Like you're not seeing games, game plan specific stuff. You're not going to see a yes. bunch of creepers or simulated pressures where you're going to be attacking certain protections or, you know, even the offense, it's not like they're drawing up game plans to attack, um, you know, a weakness and a defense like you would on a week to week basis in the regular season. There's just, it's very broad. It's very general. It's yes. very basic. And like I said, I just personally, I don't put, as much stock, I feel like, as everybody else does on social media with some of these videos. And that I say this on the flip side of things, like I will probably overanalyze every throw he makes in the preseason just because I oh, think yeah. that that matters. I think it matters more. Those, like I said, those five or six drives matter more to me than the 50 something clips I'll see on social media or, you know, however he does in those 20 non padded, non contact practices. I just don't think that there's a yeah. lot that you can learn, especially about a young quarterback or him in particular um, in those types of settings. But that's just, again, that's just my personal opinion. Do you think he plays in the first preseason game? He should, he should definitely play in the first preseason game. I think that's yeah. just my opinion. How, how I, a drive. I would, I think in a perfect, in a perfect world, you know, it kind of does hurt that you only have the three preseason games, not the four. Uh, but I think yeah. in a perfect world, you would let him play probably two series in the first preseason game. And then you'd maybe let him play three in the second, and then you wouldn't play him at all in the finale. That's, that's probably how I would do it. Um, Unless he or the offense just completely couldn't even get off the ground in those four, four or five drives. Like for example, say, say they get four or five drives and three of them are three and outs. Then maybe you let him go like the first drive of the third preseason game. But I just, I personally, I personally would, 
love for the Steelers to get him five or six drives. Now they don't need to let him out there for a half or do the Josh McDaniels, Josh Jacobs thing where they're playing him into the fourth quarter of the hall of fame. Yeah. Let's not do that. Yeah. They don't need to do that, but I do think, yes, absolutely. Getting him live action. You know, I remember Ben used to always talk about um, in the preseason taking that first hit, like, because these guys, the quarterbacks, they don't get touched. So that's the thing. Yeah. 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 Not only is it tough to judge them, but it just gets them back in the rhythm of football. You got to think about, Kenny hasn't been hit since the regular season finale. I mean, that was not, that was eight months ago. So I think it's good. You you don't want to see him go out there and get hit five times, but maybe a little love tap or something like that from a guy coming around the edge that, that kind of, that is good for quarterbacks. That's what they want. Honestly. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. You got to give him something, you know, and I think he'll be itching for it. Like if you were like, Kenny, you're not playing in the first preseason game. He might just, did you ever see like the, the Patrick Mahomes clip and quarterback where he's, where he's hurt his knee or whatever. And he's like, you stand out. He's like, he's like, no, in the F word, whatever. Yeah. I'm not going to say it, but yeah. uh, that's family what I see friendly. Kenny. Yeah. Family friendly podcast. Uh, unless we curse accidentally, um, which happens quite a bit. If it's, if he's out there and Mike Tomlin says, you're not playing. He's saying, no, I'm, I'm going in. Like you could, you could tell me I'm not playing, but I'm going to play like whether you want me to be out there or not. So I agree. I think that you got to get hit. I expect kind of all the starters to be out there the first drive of the preseason game. And then it to kind of just like diminish a little by little, like Isaac C. Malu, I don't think needs more than a drive or two. Yeah, I don't yeah. think I'm keeping Allen Robinson out there that long either. But and especially not Deontay Johnson. But yeah. I think the rest of those guys, like the more yeah, proven, yeah. the more proven assets or commodities, do not need nearly as much. But you know, no. even you know Kenny going into his second year, I do, I do think that there's value in getting him some playing time in the preseason. Um, you know, it helps too that the offense, you know, doesn't have a ton of moving parts. You know, you think about the only two yeah. real new kind of quote unquote starters are going to be Robinson and Sam Allo. So, um, you know, everybody else, you know, it, well, I guess, I guess you could probably say Project Jones because I do think he's going to probably start year year or week one. But, you know, there's a lot of, you know, his his main weapons are coming back. Fryermuth, Harris, Johnson, Pickens, yeah. all those guys are coming back. So the chemistry aspect of it. Yeah, I would definitely like to see him develop some of that with Robinson. But for the most part, um, those things are all intact. I just think in general, you know, giving him some more experience. Um, and I think it'll tell us a little bit about maybe some of the ways that he's kind of improved. So, No, I agree. I agree. All right. He touched on that. Touched on Friday Night Lights. Got anything else you want to talk about here? Uh, No, I think it's I think it pretty much covers it. All right. Sounds good. All right. Before we uh, dive off here, we do have a very big announcement. Uh, sad but exciting announcement, Derek. I'm uh, I'm gonna let you, bad boy. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So next Thursday is gonna be my last pod with the All Steelers, um, YouTube channel. This will be my last week uh, with the group. Um, I did want to just start off kind of by a giving you guys a heads up on what's to come, uh, but also really just wanted to express my appreciation and gratitude for all of the support. You know, anyone who's you know read listen to my work to Noah's work over the past two years it's been an absolute blast to talk football with you guys on a weekly basis um it's really been surreal to see the growth of the site and the YouTube channel man I literally went back a couple weeks ago Noah and I talked about this when we spoke um earlier this week but you know we were literally the first podcast he and I did I think was a Denver and Pittsburgh game two years ago and I think we had 30 views I think on the total video and we live streamed it and we were literally live streaming, I think to two people. Um, so 
the fact that we jump on here on a weekly basis now and when when he and I go live and we can have 100 to 150 live viewers and then the videos end up sometimes going up to 10 15,000 on YouTube the that amount of growth in 2 years is crazy and even me being such a small part of that I, I just I'm very appreciative to everybody out there so I wanted to say just really thank you very much for you know not just supporting me but supporting Noah supporting the team um, it has been a great, great ride and something that, you know, I've taken a lot of pride in and something that I've enjoyed tremendously. So thank you guys very yeah. much. So I don't want to, you know, I'll save the the mushy stuff for Thursday, but uh, I will say that I, as sad as I am about this announcement, I'm also very excited. And I told you this, you know, just like I told Donnie, you know, eventually the plan for everybody is to get big enough where we're all at the top together. And it is very exciting for me to know that all Steelers talk and Steelers DB will be sitting at the top of Steelers coverage, you know, together, which makes me feel very good. I think that that's all I wanted, you know, all along was for everybody to, I wanted the next generation of greatness in Steelers coverage to be us. And I think that that's where we're headed. So I am, you know, I'm very excited, but at the same time, you know, I was a little choked up when, uh, when the whole thing went down, it's been one hell of a ride, but like I said, I'll save the mushy stuff for, for Thursday. Just know that the appreciation is, is so crazy real for, for you and for this channel and for everybody listening. And, you know, I know that, I know we only got, we, we already got one, but we're going to get hundreds of these saying that, uh, you will be hella missed, which is good. But like I said, next week, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll try not to cry and we'll be, uh, yeah. We'll again, be good to thank go. you. Thank you guys so much because like this this stuff doesn't happen without you guys and you know I I know like I said I'm a very small part of this but you know the amount of time that Noah you know Stephen and even myself to a smaller degree like put into this you guys you know y'all support um, just really through and through makes this really enjoyable to the point where you know I have a, another full time job but even like the stuff that I do here with the Steelers stuff. Um, it never feels like work. And that's just really because, you know, of how much I enjoy it, but also like how much support and just, you know, the community that we've kind of been able to build. Um, it, it's unbelievable. And it's it's not like this in every fan base. So I, I definitely appreciate it. Um, and make sure you all tune in, you know, next Thursday. You know, we'll be previewing the first preseason game and stuff like that. So we'll try to send that last podcast, you know, kind of go out with a bang. Y'all make sure y'all set y'all's uh, kind of alarm, turn the notifications on, come hang out with us. Yeah, it, uh, it will be a banger. It'll be a good one. It'll be sad, but it'll be uh, it'll be good. Um, for everybody who is not subscribed already to Derek's YouTube channel, make sure that you are. Ste- YouTube.com slash at Steelers underscore DB. Am I correct there? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Please do that. Check them out everywhere. Check out all of our stuff at allsteelers.com and make sure that you like and subscribe to our channel at youtube.com slash allsteelers.talk. It has been one hell of a day talking about Steelers training camp for everybody headed to Friday Night Lights tonight. If you see me walking around, please stop me. Say what's good. I would love to continue to meet and say hi to every single one of you guys. It's been much love. Enjoy another beautiful day in the Berg.